This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? I'm good, Wally. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much. Also joining us this morning, former Washington Capitol, Toronto Maple Leaf, Leapin' Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou. How are you this morning? Morning, Wally. Morning, Naz. Good morning, uh, Lou. Good morning to all. Uh, gentlemen, uh, lots going on in sports again. Last night, Saturday nights are getting difficult on the eyes, jumping around and uh, on the on the trigger finger on the remote um, Leafs. Raptors, my beloved Fighting Irish, Penn State, Ohio State, and of course the World Series all going on at the same time. So, uh, you know, jumping back and forth be- between channels, Naz. I don't know which uh, which particular game uh, attracted your interest last night, uh, Naz. It was the Leafs, obviously. Obviously the Leafs, uh, presumably. What's been the going on this week? Uh, big, big week for the Leafs, uh, Naz. Uh, you know, uh, last Sunday, the... Well, you know, uh, we were already re- writing the leaks, or some of us, or uh, we had Joe Bowen on last Sunday, who tried to calm us down and t- tried to calm the fans down and say, let's let's take it easy, guys. It's a long season. Into the into the season last week, we were only six games in and leaps off to a really, really difficult start. Bit of a better week. Um, you know, uh, a recovery against the Blackhawks uh, the other night, down 2 nothing in the first period. Apparently there were some fireworks in the dressing room. But between periods, some of the league players stepped up and uh, perhaps read some of the other ones the right act. And last night's uh, sloppy effort, I would call it, more than anything, beating Detroit. Five to four, but uh, a victory is a victory, Naz. Uh, not the, not uh, not the way we'd like to see it. A lot of uh, turnovers and giveaways, but it, it's a win. So we'll take it. Naz, your reaction to last night's game? Well, they played Detroit, and Detroit was going on a back-to-back. So you know, Detroit looks pretty good. Good young team there. They're getting better and better. But uh, Leafs are not out of the woods yet, Walt. <laughs> no, certainly not. Uh, uh, we're on a week by week basis. Uh, Lou, let's uh, let's bring you into the show. Um, interesting week for the Leafs. Uh, we got a couple of W's, which was uh, uh, as we as we spoke last Sunday, we uh, were somewhat concerned, but we got a W, a couple of W's, not against the top echelon teams in the league. Certainly, Chicago and Detroit are probably near the bottom of the closer to the bottom of the pack than they are all to the to the top although you know Detroit does seem to have uh, some uh, some bright lights some young players but Lou comment on the Leafs week and uh, what's going on well you, you got to remember they did go into uh, Carolina and lose that game so let's uh, let's bring them down to earth a little bit uh, both their wins were sloppy but they are wins especially at this time of the year where uh, wins are going to be a little bit easier uh, to get than 
later on in the year when, when teams are more accustomed to playing each other and they've all got their, their feet under their, uh, themselves. Uh, the two wins that they had were I thought were a little bit sloppy, especially last night. The Red Wings, even though the Red Wings are a young team that's uh, is on the up, uh, up and up. Uh, obviously, the Chicago game, whatever was said in between periods, uh, worked for them. Now we're going to find out what the real Leafs are all about because they got three games coming home against Vegas uh, on Tuesday night, Tampa Thursday, Saturday, uh, Boston's in town. So we'll, we'll find out. Uh, a little bit uh, of where the Leafs stand after those three games, and uh, uh, we're going to get a good uh, measuring tape on, on where this rest of the season is going to go. Uh, certainly, uh, things get a little bit tougher for the Leafs this week, but they do get them all these games at home. Uh, as you said, Lou, Vegas, who aren't off to a great start either, um, but Tampa, defending Sunday Cup champion, and arch nemesis, Boston Bruins. Uh, we get them in a row this week, so the Leafs will get tested a little bit more and see where they uh, where they uh, they may uh, where they may rank in the in the echelon of teams. So they're sort of feeling it out. We'll see what after 25 games. An adjustment, obviously, last year we didn't get uh, we didn't get a real sense uh, of where the Leafs fit in the pecking order of the NHL, having having had. Uh, a full diet of Canadian teams for the entire season. Uh, we're back to sort of a normal track. This, so let's. Uh, we'll hopefully. Uh, you know, we're obviously all of us here love to see the Leafs be successful. We love to. We love to attend the Stanley Cup parade. But a bit of a b- bigger test for the Leafs this week, Naz. Look what happened uh, Friday. Uh, Morgan Riley signed an eight-year contract, seven point yeah, five million dollars. Uh, that's, uh, I wonder where they're going to get that money from next year. Well, I, I figured it out, Ness. Uh, they, they, they've got the money. It's just the issue is, and you know, I'll explain it. And just to let our listeners know, coming up right after our first break, Carlo Koliakovo, uh, co-host uh, uh, TSN's First Up uh, Monday to Fridays. And in the second half of the hour, we've got Leo Routens, TSN uh, basketball analyst. We'll talk all things basketball. The Raptors are off to uh, an exciting start as well. They've got some, so they've got some fabulous young talent there. That's certainly exciting. But on the Morgan Riley, and uh, we'll we'll sort of finish off before we go to break, and we we'll get Carlo back. We'll ask him his assessment. Let's uh, let's go around the table. Naz, I I, I think Riley. Um, they get. I mean, he's he fits in the cap right now. Not sure what they're paying him right now, but I think it's around five million dollars, and they're bumping him up to what? Lose seven and a half or over eight years? They got- yeah, I, I didn't pass mathematics in school, so I, can't, I don't know what the numbers are. <laughs> Anyways, they they got to find a little bit more money, but they don't have to find seven and a half million dollars a year. They're currently paying him a, a good chunk of money. Well, if they lose Phil Kessel next year, uh, and so they stop paying him, so one point two million comes into the mix. So you found uh, probably half the money you need there, and they're banking on the salary cap going up about two to three million dollars. So that's where I think they're, 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 the, the, the mathematics lies. Naz, I guess the issue is not so much. You know, you've got you're still hamstrung with the big four, and now you put Riley into it. You're at about forty-eight million on an eighty-one million more or less, you know, uh, payroll. You don't have a lot of money left for a lot of uh, for other improvements that the team may need, and that 
that is that that's the issue. Is is that a good use of the money given what you may have to do, you know, at the end of the season? Um, Lou, Morgan Riley, good signing, bad signing. Your thoughts? No, I, I think it's just a questionable signing at, at this time of the year. Uh, I know. Uh, there, there was rumors that he did take less money to stay with the Leafs. But then at the end of the day, the way he's played the last couple of years, he wanted to take as much money as he possibly can and get the term, knowing that he's going he's gonna to get a lot of uh, security there. Um, we don't know how long Muzzin's going uh, to be around because of his age. Uh, they just don't have any wiggle room right now to, to bring any other to bring any other pieces in unless they make deals that the other teams are going to uh, absorb uh, the, the person's contract that's coming in. And I think, really, they're going to have to make a move up front. They're going to have to deal uh, somebody. I'm not sure if it's going to be Kerfoot or, or Nylander at the end of the day. Uh, and, and maybe even a Mitch Marner, depending on what, uh, what you get back. It's just going to... The numbers just aren't going to add up. And who knows... You know, everybody's talking about the salary cap going up, and it hasn't gone up in three years. So how do you how do you know it's going to go up uh, that much more uh, in the next year or two? Well, I think they're banking on that. We've had two years of COVID, which has uh, sort of held uh, made the made the cap stay static. Um, uh, good, quite good. Uh, we'll certainly follow that as as develops. But I I think the move um, is predicated on them assuming the cap. Aside from all the other intangibles, I mean, Riley's uh, loves being a Maple Leaf. Uh, apparently, apparently in today's market, uh, it's considered a good deal for the Leafs based on comparables. Uh, there's nobody of the analysts that uh, that we read on uh, on all the sports uh, all the sports experts. None of them are suggesting that the Leafs have overpaid Riley. Um, in fact, some are saying that's the market for a defenseman of Riley's stature. We can debate that. There's Riley does have some, he's got some holes in his game. Is he an upper echelon defenseman? But apparently in today's NHL, you don't have to be an upper echelon defenseman. Uh, you can be a number two to make $7.5 million a year. Eight years, we can debate that. No movement clause for six years, we can debate that. To a certain extent, I believe they're rewarding Morgan Riley for his leadership, for his loyalty, and they, I'm sure, have made the decision that he's leadership material, and that's what he's worth, and they're going to pay him and keep him in Toronto. On that note, we'll go to break. Coming back from break, Carlo Koliakovo. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville declared, We'll never be the fastest! We'll never be the cheapest. We'll never be the snazziest dressed. What? Yeah, my point is, we want to be the best. At Pizzaville, we want to make the best pizza. Stone-baked, the traditional Italian way. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. 
In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. He is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on 740 downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Live streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Co-host of TSN's First Up, Monday to Friday, early in the morning, Carlo Koliakovo. Carlo, how are you this morning? Good morning, boys. Happy Sunday and happy Halloween. Thank you so much. Thank you. Got your Halloween costumes out this morning? Yeah, well, uh, uh, got my Leaf jersey on. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's a Halloween costume. I hope Leaf fans, I'm uh, don't take that the wrong way. But uh, we'll put we'll put the Leaf uh, put the Leaf jersey on. Go down and see my grandson this afternoon and see nice. how he's all dressed up. Uh, look, actually, it's first Halloween with my grandson. I'm really looking forward to it. And Carlo, I know you've got uh, you got young kids, so I'm sure it's a thrill for you. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, especially when you get woken up at 7 a.m. and both kids are screaming, can we put my costume on? Can we put my costume on? And I'm like, it's 7 o'clock on Sunday. Relax. But uh, obviously they're they're ecstatic about it. And uh supposed to be a nice day today. Hopefully the weather holds up and uh, the kids get to enjoy it because uh, they missed out on it last year. So. Uh, certainly hope so. Uh, just so you're aware, Carlo, our, your good friend Lou Franceschetti's with us this morning. Of course, always Louis, my co-host. What's up, man? Always my co-host, Nas Marchese, as well. Uh, Carlo, we uh, the three of us just had a discussion about the Morgan Riley signing, um, mm-hmm. and we we'd absolutely love your thoughts on it. Uh, the I guess if you look at it, uh, a lot of money. But in today's NHL, people are saying that's what he's worth. Eight years, that's point of debate. I think it's a six-year no movement. That's also point of debate. And at, uh, the end of this, at the end of this contract, I think Morgan Riley is going to be about 35, 36 years old. What are your thoughts, Carlo? I like the deal. Um, I, actually, I really like the deal and um, for a couple reasons. Um, you know, when you look at the term of the deal and, you know, the eighth year always scares you. But, you know, what doesn't worry me about Morgan Riley is usually when guys get older, you worry about their foot speed. Well, I don't have that concern with Morgan Riley. I think this guy is a natural skater. Um, you know, he glides around the ice, and I don't think that that'll be an issue um, near the end of the deal. But 
you know, you look at what the the premium is right now to just keep defensemen or sign them on the open market. You've got to pay pay a pretty penny to do so, and I think the number that they they locked in on Riley is very favorable for the Maple Leafs, considering what he probably would have cost on the open market. And I think anything that he would have cost on the open market, I think the Maple Leafs you know would have easily walked away from. But I think seven and a half is a good number they can work with. It's $2.5 million more than what he's making, so they can find a way to fit that into their their cap structure. And, you know, it's it's Morgan Riley. It's a guy who's been here his whole career. Um, you know, he's been through the worst part of it, and now he's trying to get through the best parts of it. And, you know, he's, he's a big part of that. And when you look at, at this defense as a whole, um, you know, I think it's safe to say that Morgan Riley is your number one defenseman, even though he's probably not your ideal number one defenseman because of what he lacks defensively. But, Considering the way the game is played right now, where you need guys that can skate and move the puck and be smart on the back end, um, you know he, he exemplifies all that. So I, I really like the deal for Maple Leafs, and for the most, you know, the thing that stands out the most for me is, you know, of all the negotiations and the criticisms that you know we, we like to uh, give the Maple Leafs from their previous signings, they actually, you know, fared well in this deal. They didn't have to overpay. They found a way to get a guy under market value and a guy like Morgan Riley, who's an important part of this team's success, so I like it. Yes. Are you surprised that Zach Hyman's uh, start, Carlo? Sorry, say that again. Are you surprised that uh, Zach Hyman's start? I'm not. I mean, <laughs> we all marveled at, at uh, you know how you know the thing, the intangibles that Zach Hyman brought to this group. Um, you know, in the times that he was here, and even in the times when he wasn't in the lineup, because of you know the the things that the, the, the positions you can put him in in the lineup, um, where he's a guy that's very versatile, can play um, up and down your lineup, can fill important roles like the penalty kill and um, defensive roles when 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 holding a lead and being very smart with the puck and winning those pucks to play with good players. Um, you know, when when he decided to leave the Maple Leafs, you couldn't have picked a better situation for him to walk into playing alongside two of the best players in the world in, in McDavid and Dreisaitl. And, you know, you see the start that the Edmonton got off to and you see the slow start that the Maple Leafs got off to, have, have gotten off to. And you kind of wonder, you know, whether or not that would that was, that was a good move to, to let him walk. And, you know, when you talk about the Morgan Riley deal, everything I know about the Zach Hyman deal was that there was a deal, a hometown discount deal there agreed upon, uh, with with Zach Hyman, but it was the no move, no trade clause that the Maple Leafs weren't willing to give him, and I never understood that, considering how much, you know, how much value he brought to the team, how important he was to the success of guys like Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares, because you know though, that's that's a that's a position they're missing right now, and even just the way he plays and and the, how hard he plays and. Um, I think he's fitting in really nice in in, in Edmonton, um, considering what they've lacked and what they've needed. And you know, there's the, I think he's a big reason why they've gotten off to a really really good start. Lou, Carlo, how you feeling today? I'm feeling great, man. I mean, I always love Sundays during football season, so um, you know it's nice getting up early. The kids are excited for Halloween. I'm excited for the full slate of football, and then go out trick or treating with my kids and. Uh, you know, it's it's been it's been a great couple of days for Toronto sports fans. I mean, look what the Raptors have been able to do, man. They're day exciting to watch, and you know the Leafs are on a two-game winning streak. So I don't have to wake up Monday morning with a headache and talk about <laughs> the bad things that these Maple Leafs players have been doing. So it's a good day this morning. How about yourself, Lou? Carlo, I'm talking about the ball hockey yesterday. 
Wow, <laughs> what an adventure <laughs> that was. Guys, put us out of our misery. What? Uh, uh, ex- tell all our listeners what uh, you, you guys participating in the uh, big ball hockey event, the Road to Conquer yeah, Cancer. Yeah, so obviously every year the Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer is an amazing event that uh, takes place, and they moved the venues this year. They was at the Vaughn uh, Smart BMC Center, and um, you know it was unfortunate that they couldn't find a way to do it last year, but I tell you what, man, considering the day that it was, it was cold, it was rainy, it was muggy, it was yeah. really, really ugly. But I give everybody who who participated in this so much credit for showing up and not making weather the excuse because it was an unbelievable day. I was there. I was there for almost four or five hours. I didn't actually play, but I tell you what, I, I missed being out in the public and, and being out mingling with fans that actually care about the cause and care about contributing to the cause because it's an unbelievable cause. I think um, you know almost everybody we know has been affected by cancer one way or another. It's personal to me with the, the struggles my son has gone through um, over the last couple of years, and he's doing really, really well. And He's uh, got six months left of treatment, and it's because of events like that where people come out, they show out, they donate. And I think there were close to $2 million raised yesterday. That has allowed people to have hope when somebody in their family um, you know, hears the word cancer. So uh, congratulations to the event. Uh, shout out to everybody that showed up. And even though it was uh, cold when I came home, the hot <laughs> chocolate felt good. Um, you know, it's it's a nice uh, it's a nice feeling to be a part of for sure. Lou, did you get uh, an opportunity to lace up the uh, the Nikes yesterday? Lou, what's that? Did you get an opportunity to lace up the Nikes yesterday? Uh, I, I actually did because my son was involved, and that's how I found out. Uh, I'm a usual <laughs> participant uh, in this big tournament, uh, but obviously this year with uh, certain people uh, up top changing positions. Uh, um, I didn't get a, an invitation, mind you. There, there was only probably half as amount of teams uh, this year as there usually is. Uh, but I went out there and uh, put them on with uh, my son, and uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. It always has been a lot it's of fun. Of goals, it's roughing up it's people. It's a great in the way of engaging with people that cross-checking. You know what Lou, what Lou's known for doing. <laughs> well, you know what? This is the point in the show where Lou reminds us that he's actually in the Canadian Ball Hockey Hall of Fame. So love Lou, it, love it. I would never do that. Okay, let's I will. I will do it on your I wanna, behalf. I want to make a comment here on. on and the only uh, you were lucky eight. enough to play your career at Dalton or wherever you were playing. You're lucky enough. You never had to face me because I would have shut you down. Okay, oh, you probably oh, would have oh, oh, been hurting oh, at the end of the day. Love the trash talk. We were I, I would. I would. I was known for my defensive prowess on uh, on the ball hockey uh, uh, rink. So, uh, Lou, I, I unfortunately I never got the chance to lace them up against you. But maybe next year we'll uh, we'll head out there and I can I can I can shadow you for uh, every shift that you're going. Make sure you don't touch the ball. Anyways, guys, uh, Lou, um, Carlo, I, I want to take the opportunity of. The other huge story this week in the NHL is an unfortunately tragic one. It's the mm-hmm. Kyle Beach story. And and I don't necessarily want to get into the details of it, and I don't want to play the role of sports journalist here. That's been done. That, you know, Rick Westwood over at TSN has done a phenomenal job yeah, uh, digging up this story. There's nothing I can add to it, uh, and I, I don't want to get into the details of it. But I do want to ask this question. Having two former players on the air, Carlo and Lou, um, 
As former players, you were, you know, Lou, you're in the era of the uh, 80s, 90s, Carlo, uh, in the next in the next generation. As a former player, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, Carlo, and then to you, Lou. As a former player, how do you react to this story? I am honest with you, I'm disgusted by it. Um, I've been disgusted by it since it came out and reading all the details that have uh, been released from it. Um, I find it really, really hard to believe that um, an incident so serious and something that just is so disgusting when you read it um, just got brushed away. Um, you know, and you know, you can say what you want about the time of the year and who was involved and who responsibility it was to take care of it. I mean, when you hear about the names that were involved in listening to what was done, I mean, was it really that hard for somebody to step up and say, hey, what happened here? And it doesn't matter what happened. It needs to be dealt with. Um, because what Kyle Beach had to sort of suffer through for 11 years, I mean, it's it's unfathomable. Um, I feel bad for him. Um, I feel bad for everybody involved. Um, but uh, it's clearly, um, it's it's something that I can honestly say I'm lucky in my career. I've never had to be part of an incident like that. But I just know if I ever was, it wouldn't be hard for me to step up and say something and make sure something was done. And I just can't believe that uh, those people involved uh, didn't feel the same way. So um, I, I don't know how this plays out. Um, obviously, we're, we're, you're seeing the repercussions of people that were involved and decided to stay quiet about it. But uh, you would hope that uh, something like that never um, you know, encounters a, a, a sports locker room or even just a, a life locker room. Um, ever again, because um, it, it was just um, you know heart wrenching to see to hear what he went through, and just disgusting to see and to read about all the events that transpired. Lou, you played in a different era in the eighties. Uh, we always talk about the, the NHL culture. We talk about the code. You know, it uh, in 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 your day, uh, right or wrong, it, it's easy to be critical now, but. Uh, you know, these things, uh, you know, I'm sure you never saw anything like that. As a player, how do you react to it? And how much of this is the NHL code or, you know, where everybody keeps everything in the dressing room and they don't report it? Lou? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, I feel it's bad or even worse than, than, than Carlo does, only because back then there, there was a lot of stuff going on, especially with uh, – uh, with uh, with rookies, uh, what happened to rookies and, and them every, every year that they would come in. But at the end of the day, uh, I feel disgusted for the National Hockey League. I, just, I feel disgusted for the Chicago Blackhawks and every other individual that's involved uh, because I think the National Hockey League should be a large blame for this because they they have not wanted to be in the public eye for any of this bad stuff. But they don't seem to open their eyes that stuff like this uh, actually happens. And Batman and Daly and everybody else involved with the NHLPA, uh, the, the players on the Chicago hockey team that uh, have said that uh, they did not know about it until either recently or even the, the training camp because of the uh, homophobic slurbs that were given to him during training camp of the following year. And the price that the Chicago Blackhawks put at winning a Stanley Cup over an individual's life uh, at the age of 20 
a, a maybe a, a superstar in the becoming, a first-round pick, and, and they put uh, Kyle Beach in this position and, and shoving everything under the carpet. Uh, I think all three parties, and especially at the top, should be to blame uh, for what he's gone through and obviously uh, the repercussions from it. Mm-hmm. Certainly, Lou. Um, you know, the, the, the this story is uh, is not going away. There's going to be a lot more repercussions to some people here, and accountability hopefully will uh, uh, will uh, will be will be allocated uh, in due course. It already has. Some careers have been ruined, and uh, and from what I can tell, based on what I've read, justifiably so. I uh, couldn't agree with you two guys more. Uh, there's no daylight in, in our thought on this. Um, and I guess probably there's one gentleman perhaps said it better than any, anybody was uh, John Tortorella. And when you, when you read a story like this and you saw Kyle, Bo- Kyle Beach, and I watched the uh, Rick Westwood interview. To our listeners, if you have an opportunity, go watch it. Uh, go watch this young man, Kyle Beach. The courage that he is now showing uh, and the emotion that he shows in this is pretty compelling, and accountability certainly is necessary. And Jordan Tortorella perhaps said it better. You draw the, you drew this to my attention yesterday. Lou said it better than anybody. Um, when you watch Kyle Beach, just imagine that that's your son, uh, because he is somebody's son. He has a mother. He has a father. And if that was your son in that position, how would you feel? And he got let down by so many different people here. Um, yeah. On that note, Naz, I want to turn it over to you. Any last thoughts on this and uh, any uh, any comments for Carlo? Yeah, this is a very difficult time for sure for these people. And I feel sorry for them, really. This, this, this came out uh, in June, but it wasn't uh, confirmed until the last week. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, I, I think the, 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 there's legal reasons to that, Naz. Is yeah. the, star, the story was investigated. It was investigated as what they call a John Doe, which is when you when you have a sexual assault, you can't reveal the name of the victim. Uh, but Kyle Beach decided to go public with it this week, and he for because he he said he wanted to make sure that this never happened again, and he wanted, I guess. A, it's accountability for those involved. So the reason yeah. we haven't known it was Kyle Beach. It's always been dealt in what they, in the legal system they call a John Doe because they're not legally allowed to reveal the name of the victim. Kyle yeah. Beach courageously this week went on the record and said it was him. Yeah, uh, and you talk about like the timing of him too. Like he's still playing, right? So he's still facing it head, uh, you know, head on. Um, you know, coming out and, and, you know, sharing to the public who it was. And I give him a lot of credit for that because, you know, mostly in instances like this, people want to hide from it when the truth comes out. Well, you know, I think he's, he's sick of hiding from it for over 11 years and, um, the emotional support and even just the, 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 the world support that he's getting is unbelievable and rightly deserved. So I, I give him a lot of credit. Um, I can't imagine how tough that would have been. And, um, you know, obviously he gets my support too, and as he should, because um, you know, like I said, um, something as disturbing um, as what he admitted to, um, you know, to stay, you know, so quiet and and ha- have nobody help him, um, you know, get through it, or even just um, 
you know, provide the proper therapy that he would need. Um, you know, thankfully there's, there's, there's great people in this world and I'm lucky that he's a colleague of mine in, in, in Rick Westhead, uh, that was uh, able to help him, you know, get to the truth and, um, you know, allow the people that were a part of this that didn't do anything about it to pay the price for it. Uh, certainly, Rick Westhead. I think I may have called him Westwood before. I apologize. Yeah, it is, it is Rick him. Westhead. We actually had him on. The, we actually <laughs> had Rick on the show uh, more a couple of years back. Yeah. So, uh, phenomenal job by him. Nez, we only got a few minutes left with Carlo. We'd be remiss. I'm going to turn it over to you. Bill's Mafia is on a high. Uh, you know, we didn't get the win we would have liked in, uh, against the Titans, but we're back at it against the Dolphins today. Bills are on the road to the Super Bowl march. I'll turn it over to you, Naz, and uh, let's get uh, let's get Carlo involved as part of the Bills Mafia. It's another <laughs> romp today for the Bills. They have Miami's number, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's that old saying, squish the fish, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, the and, they, fish. and they used to be rivals back in the day. Um, look, I, I think I, I share your sentiment. It was a really tough loss against Tennessee, but... You know, um, I still I, I still support the decision that they made to go for it on fourth and one because you're giving yourself a chance to win that game. Obviously, uh, they got an unlucky break with Josh Allen slipping there, but they've had a full two weeks to think about it and to get themselves ready to unleash the fury on the Dolphins. And uh, I feel really good about the, their result today. And just looking at their schedule for the rest of the season, um, you know, it looks very favorable for the Bills to really run the table here. Um, you know, late late in the year, they they go head on against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that'll be a good matchup for them to see where they stand heading into the playoffs. But regardless of what their record is right now, I, I expect them to finish uh, at the top of the AFC, just because you know I think they're the best team in the NFL because they can play with you offensively, but their defense can stop the best offenses too. So um, as long as they can stay healthy, it should be a good year for the Bills Mafia. Yeah, we uh, and you know. It's so important to get home field advantage throughout the whole playoff run, mm-hmm. and it's so important to have that AFC championship game down at Orchard Park. And I, I, yeah. I think that I, you know, that's you look through you look through back through history, and how often is it always the home team that's in the AFC or the NFC championship game that goes on to the Super Bowl? Uh, more often than not. Yeah, so, no, you're absolutely right, and I, I, I think you can even go back to last year. If the Bills would have hosted the Kansas City Chiefs in that AFC Championship game, I think the result would have been different. But you know, well, Josh Allen in a year where he didn't play in front of much fans walks into Arrowhead with a full building, and I, I think the moment caught up to him. You can see the jitters, but uh, a definitely a learning experience. You know, Kansas City's going through their struggles this year. I mean, just just look look at the AFC as a whole. There's a lot of good teams that are that are making a push. I mean, you're talking about the Bills, the Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Then you go to the West, and it's the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. Like, it's up for grabs if the Bills really want to take a hold of this and, and uh, you know, uh, make home field advantage or priority. It's there for them if they want it. They, I think they control their own fate, especially with how favorable their schedule is. And you know, I would hate to be any team walking into Trimark Stadium where the Bills Mafia are there, <laughs> you know, sounding like 100,000 fans in, in the stadium. Uh, it would definitely play a huge uh, advantage for the Bills. So, um, excited for football today. Um, excited for football for the rest of the season and excited to see what comes for the Maple Leafs and the Raptors this week as well. Carlo, Carlo Koliakbo, we're going to let you go. We're going to thank you. We're going to wish My you. My pleasure, guys. We're going to have, have, have a great time. Uh, 
have a great time today with your kids in Halloween. Thanks so I much really for joining us. And I think my schedule for the rest of the season on Sunday morning is pretty open. Because <laughs> golf season is about to end. <laughs> I always see, I, just, uh, the, uh, whenever we invite Carlo on the show, it's that uh, we compete with his Sunday morning golf. I always yeah. check the, I always, I'm always looking for the weather reports for Sunday on, on Thursday mornings, Carlo. And, uh, uh, anyways, we thank you. We thank you. My so pleasure, Jordan. Have a Appreciate great day. It. Have a great uh, week. Talk Carlo. to you. Carlo Koliakobo, uh, you can listen to him every morning on TSN on uh, First Stop. Anyways, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back. We'll talk some basketball, but with who else but Mr. Basketball Canada, Leo Routens. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we realised that our extra-large pizza is two whole inches longer than the so-called extra-large from the big pizza conglomerates. How do they even call theirs extra large when Pizzaville gives you 18 whopping inches steaming hot? Because, let's be honest, who wouldn't want two more inches? Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. Is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. Last minute of play in the game. Unlike sports, the outcome of palliative care isn't determined in the dying seconds. Physically, socially, and spiritually, palliative care is giving someone the best quality of life for however long life remains, while supporting their loved ones. All services are free of charge with partial government funding. The need for palliative care is great. Making an impact is the newly opened Hospice Vaughn Mario and Nick Cordellucci Hospice Palliative Care Center of Excellence. A truly amazing 10-bed residence. The first palliative care hub in Vaughn. If you share the belief that everyone deserves to live until they die, get involved. Volunteer your time or donate to hospicevaughn.com. We are for community, by community. And together, we are here to serve. Opinions expressed on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. 
Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese, also joining us this morning, Leapin' Lou Franceschetti, and we're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, I will call him Mr. Basketball Canada, Leo Routens. Good morning, Leo. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm great. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Thanks so much for joining us, Leo. Uh, Last night was a busy night in the world of sports. The Raptors, uh, two weeks in a row, have had games on Saturday nights. Uh, Makes it difficult uh, with the Leafs, with college football, and with the World Series going on. But I actually got an opportunity to watch uh, the last uh, last five to eight minutes of the Raptors game last night and watch the game against the Magic on uh, Friday night. This is a pretty exciting young Raptors team we're watching, Leo. Scotty Barnes is uh, athleticism personified. You've got, I call him Mr. Precious. Ochawa, Delano Benton, Ken Birch played great last night. You've got uh, you got an exciting team to watch here, Leo. Your, your impressions of the team so far this year? No, I think it's uh, that's exactly it. It's a, it's a fun team. It's a exciting team. It's an intriguing team. Um, you know, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of potential here that we're not going to see for a bit. Um, you know, you know, where Pascal, when he comes back, the level he's going to be at, uh, where can he get to? Um, you know, Fred continues to rise. OG, is he going to continue to rise? You got the young guys like Banton and uh, Barnes. Uh, you know what's their ceiling this season? Uh, their learning curve, uh, and you go through the roster. You can talk about every guy, and to me, it could be a special season. It could be a unique season. It could be a surprising season. Yet at the same time, with all these variables and all these uh, you know hopes, uh, it could it could easily turn. And go in a different direction. So it's 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 going to be a balancing act, and it's going to be uh, interesting. And I think that's what's going to make it so much fun for the fans because you know every game matters. Every game is going to be something different. And every game, uh, these guys got to get out there and outwork their opponent and find a way to do it uh, and continue to blend and grow together. So uh, I think it's just going to be a, a lot of fun to watch this team. I really do. It certainly has been so far. Ness. Next up are the New York Knicks. Are they for real or not? <laughs> uh, you know, the Knicks are honestly no different than last year, uh, you know, with just a little bit more experience. Uh, they still have a lot of holes, but, you know, they got a tremendous coach in Tom Thibodeau. Uh, you know, Canadian R.J. Barrett is really, really growing into a, a solid, solid NBA player. Um, and, and you know, like I said, they got some good pieces, but, you know, last year this team made the playoffs. Uh, you know, I think everybody, especially, I mean, it's good for basketball to have a good team in New York, a playoff team. And obviously the people in New York are excited about, about the team and maybe a little bit too excited. Like I said, it's a, it's a decent team. They, they, they hang their hat on defense, which is going to, you know, keep you in games and give you a chance to win. Uh, but again, they're just not that much different than last year's team. Uh, and, and maybe, 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 uh, not quite as good again, other than, the development experience of, say, an R.J. Barrett. So uh, I'm not overly over the top on them at this point. Lou. Uh, good morning, Leo. Morning. Uh, yeah, I, I was watching the game uh, Friday night against the Magic, and this kid Barnes still impresses me, uh, even from uh, I didn't think he was going to get drafted by the uh, by the Raptors number four. 
but the, just his overall calmness uh, uh, is unbelievable for a kid at uh, what, probably 19 or 20. And, and, and the trade that they made for Gary Trent last year, sending Norman Powell out to, to Portland, um, it, it seems like Nick Nurse has got the kind of team here that a bunch of young guys that are going to buy into defense first because they've always had a hard-working defensive uh, ball club. Uh, when's their offense more or less going to kick into, uh, into action? Well, their their offense is going to really depend on their defense, right? So they want to they want to try to create as much as they can using their length and quickness, uh, be disruptive as much as possible. Uh, you have to really rebound uh, as a team. Everybody's got to be part of the equation rebounding. Otherwise, your defense, you know, really doesn't matter because you got to be able to finish those defensive possessions. But you know, if they do all that, and they want to, that's going to generate points. It's going to generate offense, uh, and that's really what their goal is. They're uh, at least at this stage, uh, you, they're, they're not a team that can grind it out in the half court. Uh, that that's where they would struggle. That's where the that's where youth and experience and 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 uh, you know uh, chem, chemistry all kind of come into play. So the more they can run, the, the faster the game they can play, uh, the more energy they can expend, expend out there defensively, the better their offense is going to be. But, you know, once they get Pascal back and, and again, continue to find and grow as a team, find their rhythm, uh, they're going to be able to handle the half-court settings much more. But, uh, you know, like you said, this is a team that, with Nick Nurse, uh, as much fun offensively as they like to have and as much freedom as there is, uh, it's all it's all defense. Nick Nurse uh, wants everything predicated on getting out there and playing great defense. And you know they do all kinds of different things. They're, they're they 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 play out of the box. They're not afraid to get into junk defenses and so forth. So uh, you got to buy in, uh, or you're not going to get the minutes to to do anything offensively. And and I think that's a that's a great way to coach this group. Leo, uh, as you said, Pascal Siakam's out, so the uh, you see the team can only get better as he comes back in. A lot of young talent with a lot of energy. Um, great win last night against Indiana. Indiana's not one of the high-level teams in the league, but it's on the road. It's a back-to-back. And you're, you're a young team. They held up. Um, same thing against the Magic. Where do you uh, going into this season? It would have been difficult to predict uh, where the Raptors are going to, uh, whether they'd be a playoff team or not, um, where they fit in 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 their division, their conference. Where do you see the Raptors landing at the end of the season here? Well, like I said, it, there's, there's so many variables, right? So uh, you know, you got all these people speculating right now after five games in a season, and it's, you know, I'm not going there. I mean, I think. Uh, you know, you've got teams right. You know, teams right now that everybody's like people going the Knicks. I mean, yeah, they're going to the finals. No, they're not going to the finals. Calm down. You know, you got Chicago out there, great start. They're going to win it all. No, they're not going to win it all. So you, you know, everybody's just, uh, or you know, some teams. You know, the Nets are struggling. They're done. They won't make the play. No, that's not going to happen either. So uh, everybody's just kind of got to calm down, uh, let things play out. You got to remember, you know, once you get in December, then contracts can, can start to be traded. Changes can be made. Uh, the landscape can change dramatically. No one's going to have. No one really knows what's happening with, you know, Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. Uh, you know that could change a lot uh, if they get moved or, or or whatever happens with them. So there, you know, there's there's all kinds of variables right now, and uh, I just think that the Raptors, if they if they show the growth, uh, their potential is really good. 
uh, all the things I mentioned earlier, if, if they come to fruition, this is a team that in the Eastern Conference, yeah, they can be a playoff team. And you got to remember, that's pretty impressive because, you know, they're 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 in a they're in a bit of a rebuild, right? Uh, you only have four guys on this roster that were there the last time they played in Scotiabank Arena, which is you know just over 600 days ago. So this this is a this is a very different looking team, uh, and it's really built for going forward in the future. And obviously, there's going to be more additions and tweaks. So uh, I think potentially they could be a playoff team, but. Again, there's so many variables right now, and, and that's why I think uh, you just got to let it play out, see the growth, see the maturity, see the development, and uh, and then you'll be able to have a better grasp on it once we head into the second half of the season. Naz, last uh, question for Leo, and then we'll Ryan let him go. Williams, very disappointing so far. What does he have to do to get back into the game? Who's that? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the first part. Zion Williams, very disappointing so far. Well, he's been hurt, right? He's... Uh, you know, here's a guy that uh, you know he's 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 a big fella. He's had his history of injuries and, and issues, uh, and he had an off-season surgery, which kind of surprised his own team. And uh, you know, he's just uh, you know who knows who knows his time schedule, who knows his uh, you know his status. I don't even know if the if the Pelicans know his status uh, because of the way he's handled things in the off-season. So. Uh, you know, there was a lot of risk taking him. Uh, you know, it's one of those buyer beware. Now, now I think uh, New Orleans. Uh, there was a lot of pressure to take him. He was a, a consensus like popularity winner there. But uh, you know, like I said, he was a dangerous pick, and it's kind of playing out that way. We've been talking to Leo Routens. Leo, thanks so much for joining us. I know there's been certain upheavals in uh, your career in the last little while, but you're standing, you're on your feet, and you're, we can still watch you, and we can still share your passion and intensity and your knowledge of basketball, and we're thrilled about that. Leo, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate that. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Leo Routens. Um, Naz, we've got a few minutes left. I'm surprised that you, Naz, you haven't started the rumor mill. Uh, who's going to fill that Florida coaching position? I would have thought, Naz, uh, you would have started the rumor that perhaps Mike Babcock's going to end up the coach there. Naz? No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be uh, Tortorella. You think Torts is going to end up there? Yeah, that's what I hear. That's what I've heard. Interesting fit. Uh, Lou, any thoughts? I does Do the Florida Panthers are being touted as a legitimate Stanley Cup uh, contender. Uh, they've got off to a fast, incredibly fast start. I think they lost to the Bruins yesterday, um, but they're basically 8-0, uh, um, uh, one loss. Do they stick with their assistant coach, who's been, I think, is it Andrew Burnett? I'm not sure. Uh, help me out, Luke. Or do they... Uh, I, you know what, I... I... Those, those are two extreme picks. Uh, I think they're going to take their time and do their diligence uh, and, and stay with Andrew Burnett for now. Uh, and I really don't know if, if you want to more or less play with that dressing room with uh, with those two personalities, uh, especially Tortorella, uh, as good as a coach as he is. Um, you know, there's certain fits that just don't fit into his uh, uh, his style. So. Uh, right now, uh, I'm just going to stick with uh, Andrew Burnett and see how, how that goes for, for the next couple of weeks. 
Nas, does uh, Mike Babcock, um, is he a contender for to fill any coaching position once uh, once teams start letting coaches go? Sure doesn't look like it. It seems to me like he's been blackballed from from the coaching ranks. So I'm not, but he, he's still collecting three years of his contract, which is $5.4 million. I said it as a joke the other day that uh, at least looking for a coach, they're already paying one. Why don't you bring him back? <laughs> You're very careful what you post as uh, a lot of people get upset when we start already talking about the coaching change at the uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's probably a bit early for that. I don't think I don't think Sheldon keeps going anywhere. Uh, he's the coach till the end of the season this year. Uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. And uh, if the Leafs uh, make the playoffs and they go, uh, they do a little bit of a run. Then uh, everybody will be happy. If they don't make the playoffs, then all bets are off. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to be, uh, you know, going to be in the hot seat, including uh, including those above Sheldon Keith as well. So we're going to keep the faith. Uh, we're eight game. What are we? Eight games in. Big week this week. We'll see how they play out. Uh, well, I really want to see before. Uh, before I, uh, you know, make my bets on this Leaf team, I really want to see how they play against some of what I call the upper echelon teams, and they're going to they're going to get a dose of some of them this week. Well, so what's so surprising is Calgary how they're playing with Sutter behind the bench. They look awesome, uh, awesome and, team. I, I, and, and, and that's great. And I think you know, you know, Joe Bowen made a great comment last week. Guys, let's not get excited when when we're five, six, eight games into a season. I mean, there, there's been a lot of teams. I think, I'm not. If I'm not mistaken, the Montreal Canadiens a few years back, you know, started off 10 and 0 or something, and then they fell back into the pack. The Leafs did the same thing a few years back, if I recall correctly. They were they were going gangbusters till the till the end of November, and then I think they went 500 the rest of the year. So there there are you know teams do you know for lack of a better term sometimes overachieve early in the season and they come back to the pack. Some teams start really slowly and then they rise to the top. Um, we're going to see where the Leafs fit in. Lou? Uh, hey, you couldn't have said it any better. It's going to be an 80-game schedule, and the Leafs aren't going to be measured by what they do over the 82-game uh, schedule. They're going to be measured with what to do in the playoffs, uh, and we'll see what this team is really made of uh, for now going forward. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the question came up: uh, Are the are the Leafs an upper echelon team in the NHL? Are they a top team in the NHL? I can't answer that just yet. Not right now. Let's. Uh, we'll ask that. Uh, you know, come January, February, we'll we'll have a look at it. Any guy. Anyways, guys, it's ten o'clock. Luke, thanks for joining us. Naz, always a pleasure doing this with you. Owen, our new producer, great job. Welcome on board. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Have a safe and fantastic week. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.